Welcome to Turnbuckles. I'm John Reinman, and I don't think Jim Morrison really died when they say he did. I'm Tommy Rico, and I don't think that Andy Kaufman really died when they said he did. I'm Julie Harrison Herney, and I don't think CM Punk's AEW career has died when they said it did. Now that one, I think, has some legs to it. But as you can see, we're all cynics when it comes to departures, and uh, that comes in handy, not howdy, but handy, as we delve into a new segment, which I bet will become an old running segment called Who's the Boss? Well, was anyone surprised? Before we get into it, what, what year is this? I don't even 2023. know. 2023. <laughs> Who cares? Hey, you I, know what I heard, though? I heard that... Uh, at the end, 23 is going to retire and come back as 45. Hey, come on. Julie can make a Chicago joke. I can make a Chicago joke. These are it's all loaded cut. numbers. The deep cut for Bulls fans out there. It did well on Twitter. And that's what counts these days. I'm hear, I hear that's the hottest app in, in 2023. Um, allegedly. It's 2023. Tom. Okay. Well. It feels Why? like it feels like we just keep having to do this. Uh, we keep having to bring up Vincent Kennedy McMahon, Tom, not just being able to walk year. away. He left in 2022. Yep. What, what's wrong? What do you mean? What year is this? It just it just feels like <laughs> it just this happened, is a story though. that's never going to die. I feel like I feel like I'm going to be Vince's age someday talking you're, you're about like, Vince's comeback to the company again. No, I'm just going to, I'm just picking on you for your analogy. Cause you know how I feel about analogies and it's yes. like if, if Kanye did something right now, we're like, man, what year is this? Huh? Kanye's tweeting out crazy shit. What year is this? I'd be like 23. He'd be like, feels like 22. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're 11 days into it. This just, feel, just left. It feels like such a dystopian nightmare to keep coming what? back he, to this story. What do you mean coming back? He just left and this is his first comeback. He's not Michael Jordan yet. I do agree that he's probably going to make a bunch of different comebacks, though. And at least one of them, he'll be in a disguise, like Andy Kaufman. You yeah, no, he's, he's going to be Mr. Burns' head in a jar coming back, like, in 30 or 40 years. It, it's never going to end. And, it's, and it's not, it's not going to end well whenever it does. And before we hopped on, by the way, Cultaholic re- reported that there are rumblings of talent being terrified. Oh, and yeah, that's not I a surprise, that. but it had been kind of silent on that front for a bit. Uh, but that just just came out and it uh, totally unsurprising. But especially given that Vince cut half the company to pay for his hush money. Well, OK, hold on a second. Do we know that? Was that ever verified? And also, was everyone getting paid that much money that I don't think if you add up all those contracts, that equals the hush money, first of all. So, okay, I'm not saying... You're correct. I think, Tommy, you were making a a, a slight, I would probably say. We have to be careful. We have to be careful what we say. Sure. Because they're they're being, you know, they're trying to sell the company. They're trying to be very litigious right now, as you do when you're selling a company. And I also want to say, you know, it's like, personally, I mean, Julie, you were there longer than me, but I, I don't know anything else that's going on. I mean, I think we all have the impression... Other things are going on. Um, so I just want to throw that out there that on my end, I don't have any information. I just know that, you other know, than the I Wall heard, Street Journal article, other than, yes, no, a lot of, beyond other what's than been the reported. reports from Rita who have yes. spoken up yes. since the 80s. Yes. 
the reports and people speaking it, but it's like, I just want to make it clear that it's not like we're talking first to hand accounts. Correct. Yeah. We're not, we're, I'm not talking to anyone at WW. I look, I did message one person. They sent back uh, an eye roll emoji and that was it. <laughs> and it was just like a, here we go. And that was our only exchange. And it was just in reaction to the first thing that had happened. It was, it could have been that it could have been the joke I made, but this person usually appreciates the jokes and they did not, they didn't. Well, I'm not going to sell myself short. I think it was a good fucking joke. But they still gave it an eye roll overall because it was not the day for it. And I get that. But well, and speaking um, of eye rolls, the reason that we don't have concrete evidence as to where money went and why is because WWE did an internal investigation that was incredibly non-transparent. So we don't know. Correct. Well, they let go of well, to be in, in fairness to the people who were conducting the investigation. They got steamrolled. Right. It seems. And just quit. I mean, they quit the minute it was announced that Vince was back. They were out. Tony Khan is the winner in all of this. Are we well, all, gonna, do we all agree with talk, that? We have a whole segment okay, coming up great, at the great. very end where we're going to talk about, I mean, Tony is on a goddamn roll. He is. He and absolutely is. I'm not going to go into specifics, but we know we have some followers and fans down in Jacksonville. So congratulations on the tide turning your way. We all know what it's like to go through a tough period and to see some nice light at the end of the tunnel that hopefully is not a train, which I don't think it will be for them. But you never know. Um, the bloodline's great. The fact, the way they've kept that going, just in finding more and more ways to keep that. Bloodline's going to go down as one of the great all-time stables and great long-term booking storylines of all time. But if you look at everyone that's involved in that, okay, except for maybe a couple of the guys who, when I was there, I don't, I don't you know, Julie, I don't know about you, but one of them, someone, one was always out, one of the Usos, for personal issues. But hopefully, you know, okay, maybe getting, but Sami Zayn, Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, who I again defend to the end of the world. Yeah, I did reject him one time at a different job and say he wasn't a bit, but you know what? That was, was good because now he's, I mean, that would have been awful to have you him saved him from himself, ready. John. He would probably he wasn't thank ready you for yet. that today. I, I saw, I look, man, I met him. Very nice guy. I saw him on TV with John Cena. I said, Oh no, like that, this would not be good for him and uh, fantastic. And uh, yeah, I mean, we can grow solo, and evolve. Amazing as- solo showing up and being awesome there at the end. I'm going to, I'm going to make a Reinman analogy right now. I'm going to break my own rule. He's like the BB new earth of this group, huh? <laughs> Coming on to cheers at the very end and winning a couple Emmys. Like a bit did. of a different style, that's a, that's but a, sure, I'll, I'll allow it. No, it's it a, is the same. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a step further. Solo, he, it's the same character, too. It's a quiet character, quiet but deadly. Oh, yeah. And, and serves a, uni- it's, it's the, you know, it's the heater. It's the heavy of the group. And as we know, Solo some, has that wonderful uh, Broadway musical background. So that, <laughs> very similar his, to B.B. Newer. His name, his name is Solo, once again. <laughs> um, so that's good. Um, Becky Lynch, everything fantastic again. Okay, maybe some of that's Becky, but she's collaborating on the show last night because she was filming at Young Rock. Young Rock, where she's been excellent. And again, I still say she should host Saturday Night Live, assuming that's still well. Anyway, um, and so there've been some good things. I just want to say there've been some good things, but overall, yeah, the after some promise, I will agree things kind of. Slow down, but let me ask you this. Do you think it's because they felt the footsteps, felt the uh, someone breathing down their neck and started to say, well, let's bring the 24-7 title back? Do you think that's what did it? <laughs> Do you think that's why he came back? 
He saw the Wouldn't 24 7 title go in the trash can. He was like, not oh, on my watch. The, the very first person, for better or worse, for, I mean, for better, but I mean, it would mean he's a but the very first person we would see on TV if Vince comes back is our truth. But to get to, we're going to talk about this in a second. Remind me about the Raw. I want to bring up the Raw Open when we get to uh, the Raw recap because I wonder if that's sending a message. Oh, interesting. Too. But anyway, okay, so Vince is back. Let's get that out of the way. And again, we have, you know, companies here producing this show. So out of respect for that, it's all we can really say. But what we can say that's been reported as fact, some of the companies that may be looking to buy WWE, because that is the, that is the storyline, the real life storyline they're going with is that Vince is back to facilitate the sale of the company. And as our friend uh, Trevor up in, uh, up in Canada pointed out, um, the stocks went up when Vince came back. So, okay, from a business sense, he's back to sell the company. Okay, so now they're talking to companies, and they say within three to six months, they're going to sell. And I thought maybe we could just run down the companies. And instead of saying, who's going to buy, because that's what everyone's doing, we're going to run the opposite direction. Because if there's one thing I hate, it's popularity. And I want to do what the WWE would be like under each of these companies. So, okay, let's start Disney. Theme park. Does Dewey Foley come back and run WWE? <laughs> see the new chairman. Well, I think you'll I see a lot. Would. You'll see a lot more pro wrestlers on Dancing with the Stars if that's the case. <laughs> I think that do they disney the company though? As someone Make it said more, to me once. Even more kid-friendly? I mean, it's Disney. You know? I mean, they're yeah. Having studied Disney very carefully, because I'm a, I'm a Disney product stan, uh, I'm a huge Star Wars fan and a huge Marvel fan, I will say, having analyzed the way that they've purchased and taken over Marvel and uh, Star Wars, is that they're keen on keeping company DNA almost exact, but at it, just infusing cash, which is a good idea. Um, I think what they did, to, I mean, they, they saved Marvel uh, and they and they kept Star Wars going when Lucas was finished with it. So, uh, Pete, there's arguments as to whether they're doing it right or not. I, th I happen to think they are on both counts. I think that Star Wars has done nothing but improve since Disney took it over because it's been so expanded. Uh, and Marvel right now is, I think, going through some some creative issues, but I don't think that it's necessarily negative. I think everything has to have its own natural progression, but I think that they would infuse enough cash into WWE to keep it going. I think that there would be a lot of more WWE stars getting more mainstream opportunities. I think it would be great. I don't think that Disney is a logical uh, bidder, but I do Why? think that they would be great if they did. Why are they not a logical bidder? I don't think they're interested in the WWE product. I think that the name is too fraught. Uh, I mean, Marvel and Star Wars did not come with the type of baggage that WWE does. Uh, so I, I think that's why they're not a logical suitor. Julie, any Disney thoughts? I, when you said theme park, it did make me want to have like a, a WWE theme park and have that be a part of Disneyland and Disney World. Can you imagine a WWE theme park? That would be crazy. No joke. Dewey should be put in charge of that. That, Disney take right like honest to god he'll be I, he might be president of the company mick will be like the you know the senior he'll be like bert from mad men he'll be like the 
above all the bosses, and then it'll be Dewey and Aaron probably. Oh, Do yeah, they put the theme awesome. park in Stamford though? When they <laughs> no. when they move out of Titan Tower, is that what they knock it down to put up? Is the WWE theme park theme park? Yeah. Um, I just want a Hall of Presidents, but the only oh president is the only president is Jack Tunney. <laughs> it's just him. And you go in there, and it's just him, the robot Jack Tunney talking, and then Kevin from Bare Naked Ladies, our old friend Kevin Hearn. He's the one guy in the audience. What would the um, Undertaker's ride be? Would it be a roller coaster? The last be- ride. What are you talking about? What the last it? ride. Yeah, you call it the last ride. Oh and it's at the end of the park. Oh my god. Right gosh. there. That's why you need to bring us Shoot. back, guys. For fucking I don't know. ideas I see, like that. I see Do you see a, how quick we came up with that? I see a, a Twilight Zone Tower of Terror slash Guardians of the Galaxy death drop for the Undertaker, where you just go all the way to the top and then they drop you. There's a botch joke there, but I'm not going to make it. <laughs> hey, we should start a, uh, a local promotion in New England and come up with a guy that's terrible at wrestling. His name's Ernie Botch Jr. There you go. There you go. Local that's, ref. That's really for the locals. Get us. Just Every, for the locals. Everyone, everyone internationally, we're sorry. Well, Tom <laughs> Brunel's laughing at it. You I know apologize. he is. What other rides can we have? We don't want to. Is it too soon for Mr. Uso's wild ride? Come on. You got to laugh it off. If you let him come back. What would Paul's ride be? Ooh. Paul Heyman. I feel like Paul Heyman's ride would be, you know how when you're standing in line and you, you're, there are all these interactive features that go along, you hear a story. Like, I feel like that's longer oh, and yeah. more intense than the actual ride itself. He would be, so he. <laughs> <laughs> it's all oh, the stuff it's... leading up and then you get to the ride and you're like, oh, okay. No, you know what Paul would be? Paul would be the guys in the haunted mansion that tell you how scary it's going to be in the house. Yes, that, exactly. He would make yes, it even yes, scarier. That's it. That's it. That's that's he would show up in one of the up. paintings and say, no. Paul, my dear sir, sir, do you understand what you're about to witness inside yes. this residence, sir? He gives and then the story. Most, and, then, and then half the people would go, I, I, no, I don't want to do it. And they would turn around <laughs> and walk out. He'd be like, have you ever heard of the mass transit incident, sir? And then like uh, two seconds in, everyone's like, I'm out. Nope, that's it. Why doesn't anyone go on this ride? They couldn't handle the reality. <laughs> no, Paul's, Paul's haunted mansion would be every room you go into, there's a laptop that opens up and there's an email from Taz. <laughs> man, for a minute I was like, man, did Paul hate us now? And you just made him like us again. <laughs> I'm impressed. By that Rico individual. Uh, by the way, we, we love both Taz and Paul Heyman on the show. Well, I know and love Paul. I have never <laughs> met Taz. Hey, we said really nice things about Taz last week, actually. That's true. I like Twitter Taz. Yeah. Okay, let's keep it going. Fox. Fox going to buy WWE? I don't think so. No. I think based on SmackDown. Yeah, definitely not. They're well, not going to go. Based on SmackDown. Go, you know what? We need, to, we need to put more money into this. I mean, they're doing numbers on Friday nights. I don't think that's the issue. I just don't think they're interested in well, purchasing a company not and, the, and merging. Not the, not the numbers that were agreed upon. And then the whole, the whole thing, Julie, when you were there, right, was like, oh, pandemic. And everyone kind of got a pass. And now it's like, I don't, did they pop a big number? I don't think they did when they first came back, right? The numbers went up, but not like crazily. The Rock, when they were, oh, when they came back from the pandemic. Sorry, I was thinking yeah, about the it, it, it just It just kind of was like, oh, cool, right? I know it wasn't like a great time of year to try to do that, but like, it wasn't like amazing. 
Yeah. Not that I, been, I can't recall. And like, they, it's like they always say, oh, SmackDown wins. But like Friday night is a, is that part of the problem? Is, should it be on, should it not be Fridays? Yep. That's the, pro- oh. that's the problem. What, <laughs> what day, day should, it, should be? it be? Not Fridays. <laughs> no, I mean, but, see, Tom, but then you're competing you, against Tom, football. Let me tell you something, Tommy Rico, when you're working for AEW or Dewey Foley's WWE, you got to, if you have an idea, Tommy, that, 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 that you don't like, you got to have another idea that you bring to the table instead. You're what if. I'm taking, that's my thing. I, I'm taking credit for it. It's my suggestion. But no, what night should it be? I would not go head to head with AEW because I think that's bad for business, period. Um, I would probably, I would probably err on the side of Thursday, but a Thursday, there's also football yeah. for mm, some of yeah. the year. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. Yep. And the weekends, you have pay-per-views and weekend television is not ideal. Um, I, yeah, I mean, they already have something on Tuesday night. Yeah, I guess Friday's the only place for it. Well, something we've brought up before, and this can kind of play off this a little bit, is that why can't, and Julie always says, uh-huh, because we've talked about this too, is why can't Monday Night Raw be what it's supposed to be? Monday Night Raw, where you watch stuff and you go, oh my God. And then you get together, either you're in high school and, you know, you talk about it when you shouldn't be, or you're grownups, I guess, at the coffee machine, because who the hell does, what, we need to get rid of water cooler talk. Like, that is, Vince was ahead of his time. It's group chat talk now, is what it is. It's group chat talk. Yeah, and so exactly, Monday Night Raw is that show. We were like, oh my God, did you see what they did, blah, 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 blankety blank. And then Friday Night Smackdown is you get with your kids and you go watch a movie every Friday night for two hours. Why can't, why can't this Friday, I mean, like, for instance, I guess it makes sense. They're almost doing it in a way because they have Bray on SmackDown. So that makes sense to me. Okay, that's for kids. Five-year-old Sadie loves the Uncle Howdy. Would they admit that, though? You keep saying this, and I'm like. I think that's a smart idea. It's branding. That's what it's never, supposed to be. It's brand never extension. Never in the room. Never in the room that I had been there had people oh, been God, like, no. we're no. developing this for kids. But. To me, I say, okay, who buys shit? Kids buy shit. They're the ones that kept buying. But then that brings me to my next point is Alexa should also be on SmackDown. All that stuff should be on SmackDown. And I say this in a, I'm not mocking this person at all, but I'm just like what Rob Fee was brought into right, which is the supernatural fantastic, that fits the Fox scheme of things. That should all be Friday night. That is something you watch your kids and they think it's scary and you say whatever, but the kids having fun. Monday night is that's where you have the real based on reality storylines. Mm. That's where you have the, oh, wow, these two really do hate each other in real life. Or, oh, wow, something really did happen. Why not? They never do that anymore. Every, you notice that, too, that every time there's a problem, they separate the wrestler. They go, oh, yeah, they didn't want to work together. Tough shit. Nobody wants to. I guess it's the independent. Con- OK, two things. It's going to leave me another thing. I wasn't going to talk a whole lot this episode because I've had a day, but you're, you're getting overtired Ryman right now. I apologize. To overtired everyone. Ryman. What a fun. Uh, Would he be yeah. on raw or SmackDown? He'd be on raw, right? He'd be on, he'd be on raw. Yeah. Cause he's he'd be manic. He'd be at the yeah. WWE theme park in Stanford. <laughs> yeah. No, I am the real life mankind at this point is that you need to have all the wrestlers be full time. Yeah. And then also writers should be in the guild. If you're, if you're one of these companies that's going to buy the WWE, if you're anyone we just mentioned, and we're going to keep going, but your guild, your guild signatories, so the WWE, they should have right. 
And that said, in that room, in that space, all the, all the, as Tom, Tommy Rico came up with it, the old headed uh, ego pods or whatever the fuck, and you wrote it for CM Punk, and then you said, go backstage, fight those fucking guys, and work a six month angle. I was there. Still drinking my Starbucks you. coffee, thanks to CM Punk. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you, you set it all up. And well, speaking uh, of punk, didn't but he... all those guys got to go? All the guys that say, but this is rest, it's a business and it's wrestling. And my granddaddy was in it, it's for grown up. You buy that's not television, that's not a writer's room. If you're gonna call yourself an episodic television show, which you're not, you're linear, <sighs> um, then you act like you're in a writer's room and you drop your fucking machismo at the door. No offense, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, but. Yeah, the other guys, you don't have it. You don't bring that shit into a writer's room. Show up on the show, show up for the live taping where you really do serve an amazing purpose in producing the match and thinking about the crowd from a wrestling standpoint. But to answer your question, Julie, no, I never heard it, but someone needs to call it out and go, how do we want to make money? Friday night show, that's family time, big time. Sell the dolls, sell the puppets when they come back. Sell, 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 sell. I told that story about how I saw Vince in two minutes come up with five things that ended up being on the top 10 merch list from the same character. And then Monday night, that is, holy shit, that's their HBO Sunday night. You know what I mean? That's there. You come to work the next day and you go, did you see the thing they did? And, and I know NXT, we, I, is, uh, NXT is for niche. It's for the true wrestling fans. Yep. Do, we, do they keep NXT? I don't think you do if you're one of these companies. I, well, John, say, I, I think you've that's a good oh that's a good question you put you put them at eight you put them you put them eight to nine you put them eight to nine and then from nine to eleven it's is nxt gonna get the axe oh my god no you I know do. where nxt belongs youtube that's where it belongs oh, put it like on youtube AEW dark that, that's well here's a question for you an old theory that we'd all talked about was when triple h now that they're all in the room whether they want to be or not and they're also in this company does Stephanie and Paul get NXT, Paul Levesque, to go off and be their own company? Does that become... It spins you know, off, they buy it. Oh, my God. You know no who way. loves... You know who loves uh, Freddie Prinze? And I heard this directly from Heyman. Stephanie McMahon Stephanie. loves... Yeah, you heard that too, right? Yeah. That was a... So does... does is that what... Fre Did we just figure it out? Is it going to be Freddie, Triple H, and Stephanie going off to do the NXT? I mean, look, I think Triple H could do a lot of things, but in, a, in his soul, what does he really want to do? Wrestling. I think he'd go do it. Do you guys really think that Vince is going to let go of that IP? I don't. Do you think he gives a shit about NXT? It's, 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 <laughs> no, he doesn't. He owns it. This is something I will say from firsthand experience. No, he doesn't. Okay. I mean, any conversation, anytime someone would bring up NXT, because that came up as part of the facebook pitch for the show that i was on that uh task force that's what <laughs> even the mundane office things at wwe have, we want a dave kapoor who's like you're gonna be the task force i love dave but you know it's just funny there's task force and uh anytime someone mentioned nxt Vince that's not go, a faction right task force would, isn't would, a faction would, it sounds like a faction he would he would go in his chair and, go, and then bruce would immediately change the subject like you're like, uh oh, we're getting angry, Vince. And go to something else. Offer him a protein doesn't, bar. Doesn't like, not even. It was like steamroll through it, like it never happened. <laughs> well, doesn't like it. Doesn't care about it. There's two things I want to spin off from what you 
just spoke of. Uh, first off, the independent contractor status and the non-guild writing situation. All but one of the potential buyers we're going to talk about, they would have to do that. They would have to do. They would absolutely have to do that. They would have to change that on both ends. They would have to make wrestlers Why? employees, and they would have to make a writers guild. But is that actually true, Tommy? Like, if they came on, that's that's like a if if NBC or Disney or Netflix bought them. I think that it would open up way too many cans of worms all over their business for them not to do it. Because then, then, I mean, all of a sudden, a can of worms all over the business. All of a sudden, why, why would anybody be guilty? If, if you don't have, if you own a, if, if part of your company doesn't have to hire writers that are guild, well, why would anybody be guilty? I mean, it would just, it would send a ripple effect across the whole business. It would be, it would be a disaster. But reality shows. Yeah. I just like picturing some of the people I know who represent the guild having to talk about wrestling. I want to see Josh Gondelman negotiate the wrestling deal with Vince McMahon. <laughs> and then oh. he gives him a pep. I, I love Josh, but I'd love to see Vince walk out with a pep in his stuff. I just got a pep talk. <laughs> well, and, shape. I got and nice now, we're, now we're back to uh, my, my other point. Great. Is that the reason that they're doing such bland programming on Monday nights is because of the anticipation of the sale. They're not doing controversial mm. programming. They're not doing eye-catching programming point. because they're just, they're just trying to give people the blandest, easiest. They don't want to stir up any controversy because they're trying to sell. And that's making very bad television. And both well, shows are blending into each other and neither feels like a unique thing. That's an excellent point. And I, I think uh, on that note, we should keep things going, though. We did mention Netflix. How would it be with Netflix? Tommy would need the "Are you still watching?" feature. For <laughs> Netflix it canceled his, episode based two on your, <laughs> based on your raw reviews. <laughs> I mean, we have if you like this wrestler, you might also like, you know. I think Netflix is actually a top suitor because early on, so Netflix is very, very quiet about their downloads and about their business model. They're very, very mysterious. What isn't mysterious is how much business they lost when WWE moved their programming off of Netflix. WWE used to have a ton of specials on Netflix, and those were getting watched. And then when WWE moved to the network, they basically pulled everything and put it on their own. And Netflix definitely felt that. So I think that they know what they lost, and I think they'd like to have it back. And, they'd li- and, and they definitely want to do more live programming and that, that kind of thing. So I think Netflix is actually probably top three as far as possibilities. Well, I saw a recent interview where Ted Sarandos kind of downplayed the live programming thing. But isn't that something you say yeah. when you're in the middle of a negotiation? Exactly. Why, why would you drive up your own price? <laughs> I like Ted, by the way. Ted's actually, this is going to sound really goofy, but Ted's friend of a friend. And like sometimes he'll like, uh, I don't know if he listens, but he like watches the teases of my morning show, weirdly. So, like, I actually have to try at, like, 6 in the morning. <laughs> That's, like, my one celebrity fan that I know of. That's a pretty but good like, one to have, John. <laughs> I like Ted. I like, I like, I think Netflix is one of those companies out there for real. They are mysterious. I, I get why people, they always say, is Netflix a house of cards? Creativejobdeadline.com with that headline. But um, I get that sentiment. But Netflix, I remember when they were, like, 
going extinct because of the whole DVD back and forth thing. I mean, they pivoted in the smartest way possible. So yeah, I never put anything past Netflix, but yeah, like it's, it's interesting. I just want to see, uh, if you like the pitch black match, you may also like pretty much the same thing with Jake Roberts and Rick Martell. <laughs> Way or pitch super black deep starring cut. Vin Diesel. Yeah. Super deep cut. Not going to make that joke. All right. Moving on. Uh, Amazon. Tom, can you talk about this? I don't think you can. I can. Uh, okay. What do you think <laughs> about Amazon? I think that Amazon is, I think Amazon is probably WWE's best bet mm, as far as yeah. where to go. Um, I think that there is interest in that Jeff Bezos and The Rock are friends. And I think that that is same barber. Yeah, (laughs) I think that's less of a coincidence and more of a long term business strategy. So I think that Amazon and Amazon clearly has the capital and isn't going to feel it if they purchase WWE. So I think that they're they're probably my my number one landing spot. And Julia's still laughing at the bald joke. Well, I'm just going to take advantage of her laughing to say it would be nice to have Bezos hit at least one landing spot. Um, (laughs) I don't know, though, is in in real in reality, though, like you think that guy knowing what just happened with his rival trying to buy out a company with a lot of uh, baggage, is he going to look at this and say, oh, hell no, I'm not I'm not pulling in a lawn and saying I'm going to walk in here with my sink and take this company over. I, I don't know. I feel well, like don't unless like that was a, such a fail that a lot of these guys are probably looking at Musk and saying, oof, no, thanks. A lot of stuff. Well, but look, if you look at the course of Bezos's mergers and acquisitions, they've been brilliant. I mean, mm. picking up like successful businesses like Zappos, for instance, Zappos was running just fine on its own. And then it's now it's under the umbrella of Amazon. He has made really smart purchases. And again, it's a little bit of that Disney thing where he kind of keeps the company DNA intact. Uh, and I think that especially when they've purchased companies, they've made, uh, they've made it a goal to try to retain as many people that were, that were part of the company's success, uh, which is different from most mergers and acquisitions where you're just, it's a P&L sheet. And if you're coming in with the company, you're an L. Uh, they want to put in their own people. But I, I, I still think that, and, and also different from Ted Sarandos, I think that Bezos has mentioned that they want to do more live programming and more sports. And I think that he's not kidding. And I don't think he's trying to throw off the scent. I think that that's, that's real. So we'll see. Um, I also think Netflix probably going to end the late night game and uh, heard some interesting rumblings there, but not, not at liberty to share. But Julie, let me ask you, um, Paul Heyman is given a gold card for Amazon. He can get anything for free. What is Paul Heyman buying at 3 a.m. from Amazon? We all do that. But what's Paul Heyman going to buy? Oh, those the things that you put in the pocket, the little the pocket squares. Yeah. Really, really, really nice pocket squares. He's going to buy like 100 of those. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> what would like a, you like say? A, like a Costco, a Costco tub of pocket squares. I don't have anything better. I could see that. Probably, probably some uh, sweet tea. I'd say he was big on the sweet oh, tea. Yeah. It's no purple drink, pal. <laughs> okay. Um, then we have NBC Universal. Now, can you both talk about this one? <laughs> <laughs> 
Sort of. No, I, I can actually. Yes. Cause it's part of a media analysis and I'm not disparaging yet. Um, I think they're going to try. I think they're yeah. banging down that door hard, but I think they're the most yeah. likely destination. It's so easy. They're not the my number one choice. There. Yeah. But man, you know, you know, it could be because like to it all kind of weirdly in a weird way ties back because there's already a lot of talks about some other cuts in another department. Julie and I used to work at at NBC Universal and some consolidating and things like that. So, yeah, if you're all of a sudden trying to save money for something. What are you trying to buy? I think they're going to try really hard. I think well, they'll be the most aggressive suitor. I don't know if they'll have the highest bid. That's the all? issue is that if any of these other companies, like if Amazon or Disney got involved, hell no. NBC's got nothing compared to them. Well, do we all agree that if, uh, if Peacock lost WWE, that Peacock would close immediately? Because NBC would close immediately. Yeah, exactly. What are you talking well, about? They still have the office. So you could just have it be instead of buying the DVD box set of the office, you could just sit and watch it on Peacock nonstop. And it would well, just be the office. Uh, Peacock would, would immediately be just become uh, the office.com. Okay, and and Vince could is. be on it because his catchphrase is also, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> CAA creative artist agency, an agency buying the company. I like that. Finally, the company is starting to be treated like writers. They're not, you don't hire them. They hire you. We all know how the way the, this business actually works. I just picture this. I think it'll be the same, but at every meeting, they'll ask if you want a glass of water at the beginning. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Sorry. The uh, only Vince thing is, that'll change. Vin, Vince will be right here. Would you like a glass? Would you like a water? Like, do you notice that? Like, water is the most amazing thing. All the time. You're right. Agencies, yeah. It's been a while since I've been in one, but um, yeah. Would you like it? Would you like a tall glass of water? Sorry, you still had to pay for some of your parking and the parking lots across the street. You know what? That's true. But here's some free water. Oh, thanks. I don't I've never seen this any other place. This is the one thing I need is water. Um, And then is Vince going to start wearing a Bluetooth? (laughs) Walk around. He's just going to wear he's going to have a standing desk and wear a Bluetooth. Yeah. Hey, of course I can talk. And then he tells everyone, hey, you are my friend, buddy, you are crushing it. Absolutely crushing it in that general meeting. You crush that general meeting. <sighs> Interesting thought. I'll sit on it and think about that. I mean, who do you know in the industry that might want to hear this pitch? And I'll still get 10%. WWE is kind of like an entertainment industry in that they have way too many people on, under their umbrella and can only put like four of them on TV. So it's, it would be a logical extension. Would Barry end up fighting Vince in the finale of Barry <laughs> if, it, if CIA buys the company? Yeah. Fucking cool would that be? Here's your finale. Okay. I don't need Vince D- on TV anymore. Thank you, though. Warner, Warner Brothers. This is interesting because they have the deal with Tony. Now, this is what I think. If Vince wants to do the ultimate fuck you he, and Warner gives him an, an uh, offer that's close to the highest, he might do it. I don't think they can. The Discovery merger is presented preventing them from acquiring any new IP at a Good large call. amount. They're, they're trying to get rid of IP as fast as possible to drive down the overall well, so Baron Cor- for the mer- merger. So is Baron Corbin, but still. Um. <laughs> or at least that's yeah. what I'm seeing. Maybe, maybe Hunt. that's a tactical. Hunt start. Oh, here comes fucking Corbin. 
Uh, I texted Tommy. I texted you both. I went, oh, hot start when we get to the Raw recap. I, I know. Went, ne- ne- never mind. Ne- go back to your, I went, put the Celtics back on. But, um, yeah, that's true. It, that would be an, it, that'd be an interesting swerve. You'll, I bet you'll hear that rumor, though. Just to, But I don't think Tony's going to It would be a it. swerve. But, I, I, yeah, I don't think what? Warner Brothers wants, is looking for IP right now. Tommy, do you want to say, and I don't mean Strickland, or should I? No. I just did. <laughs> no. I, I mean, Warner Brothers, if they were to actually purchase WWE, at least they'd be, be able to use one of those giant like uh, movie houses that they have in Hollywood that they mm. are clearly like one of those studios that's clearly empty. They can just put WWE in there. I don't think they will, but it would be a nice, nice thing for them to do. I just I as as Julie said, I think that they're really struggling after that merger, but also it does. I think they're in there just as a red herring. I think that they're just being brought up. I don't think that there's any serious talks as far as them acquiring WWE. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. Now I purposely saved this one to last <laughs> so that we got through this. Um, I want to say two things. First of all, it's Saudi Arabia. And secondly, shout out to our friend, Andrew Goldstein, who I thought had the funniest tweet, which was forget about uncle Howdy. Now it's uncle Saudi. Yeah. That made me laugh. That's that a five star tweet made, right there. That was the one that made me laugh when yep. I heard because all the other ones it was just like I was like okay, um, boy, it seems possible. I don't know that <laughs> boy. I gotta tell you though, if Vince is really possibly under investigation by the SEC, well, is he? Like, I don't know if that's true. He, th- no one's denied it. I mean, we saw a tweet today that there was an official journalist that said that the SEC will not comment. And we all know what no comment means. On yeah, it said the SEC will not comment on ongoing investigation or the lack of ongoing S- investigation. That seems like ridiculous to me. So, so if I call the SEC at all, so nope. if I call the SEC and say, "Hi, is my five-year-old daughter being investigated?" They'll say, "Oh, we have no comment on that." That's bullshit. I think it's pretty likely. I think they're going to be in the final. Really? But I, th- I think what's going to make it a problem is, I mean, think about it. You have the Biden administration in there already. And if all of a sudden it's Saudi Arabia and the SEC, that whole thing, I mean, it's like, it's just too much. But <laughs> here's my thing is people keep saying if Saudi Arabia buys it, that's Vince's best chance of being in charge of creative. What is Vince McMahon like living in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> well, it's not like the product's going to move to Saudi Arabia. You know, I don't know. Do we know for sure? What is Vince's like? I mean, say a large chunk of your roster can't go with you. Then I think that's part of why Vince wants to do that. Oh God! What is good happening? Luck. Good luck to you. Well, I just want to say, like, say, say Vince has to turn over a new leaf. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Right now, there's your hit comedy on Peacock. There's the <laughs> one they're lacking. Saudi Vince. Oh God. I, I would, I'd watch the hell out of that. Yeah. I know I'm going to hell. I would watch that minute by minute by minute. And Did I would you say, I'd I know I'm going to hell. Is that what you said? For watching that and being a part of it. Yes. Automatically I'd be going to hell. And the first thing I do when I got there is say, that was an amazing show, sir. That made me laugh. It was bizarro lasso. <laughs> do, do we want to make this? That's how you pitch it. Yep. That's it. Do that's we want to make right this there. a dry business podcast? Because I, I have, not insider knowledge, no. but, but basic business knowledge as far as uh, I did work for a company that was owned by a, uh, an investment firm uh, out of Saudi Arabia. 
removing Saudi Arabia from it. When your company is sold to an investment firm, the first thing that you need to do, no matter where you are in the business, whether you're the top person or the bottom, you need to get your LinkedIn ready because you are now, there is no, when you are, your company is owned by an investment firm. There's no brand equity. There's no sunken cost. There's no sentimentality. There's no generational considerations. You are a PL sheet, profit and loss. And if you're not a profit, you're a loss. And that's one thing that I don't think that people looking at this quite understand is that if they are sold to a, a Saudi investment group or any investment group, let's just, let's say Bain Capital, Mitt Romney's Bain Capital from back in the day. Oh my God. Are you saying Mitt Romney might be a character in WWE? Could now? own the WWE. That'd be interesting. But if your company is owned by it's, an investment It's a firm, new day. <laughs> who, who let the new day out? Well, maybe ah. a lot more Latino uh, wrestlers would join because his father lived in Mexico for six months. But yeah, so you if your company is owned by an investment firm, it doesn't, what you are doesn't matter. Now you are a PL sheet and they don't care about things like, hey, there's a global pandemic and people can't go to the live shows anymore. Hey, uh, you know, business was down this year, but we're really trending up. They don't care at all. It is a profit and loss situation. And in, in that situation, you're looking at a company that basically needs to make 5% over the previous year just to be considered breaking even. That means you need to be 5% greater than the previous year just to be considered like treading water and 10% or greater as is considered a mild success, which is bonkers, but that's the expectation. So if WWE is sold to the investment firm in, in Saudi Arabia and all of a sudden suffers Personnel losses, people, people want to leave and they leave. They find way. And, and I'm sure legally it, it, being independent contractors there, I'm sure they'd be able to get out of a lot of different contracts if that was the case. So all of a sudden, if you're looking at a business that is struggling, no matter whether it's a PR firm for the kingdom or whatever, it doesn't matter if WWE starts losing money, WWE could be gone, just liquidated in a matter of years. I mean, wow. we wouldn't think that, but look at the companies over the last few years that had hundreds of years of existence that are gone, that are just gone because they stopped making yeah. money for two or Sears, three years. Sears is the weird one here in America that I keep looking at that I'm like, Jesus Christ. In it's a similar like business, the any mall Ringling you go Brothers by, and Barnum and Bailey this, Circus. Yeah. Who thought that would be gone? That's gone. There's no circus anymore. That is so, fucked up. So, but that is, WWE is very much a similar business. So, it, I mean, would it be a great cash windfall? And does it look like the, the right landing spot if Vince wants to jump back in as not only the chairman, but the head of creative? Sure. But as far as a long-term strategy, it's the worst one. I'll get out of this segment the, this way, though. So I'll say this for Saudi Arabia is that um, if Vince McMahon's back, we know he likes to future endeavor people. And uh, if there's one thing Saudi Arabia is known for, it's making cuts. It is time for the Raw Recap. Raw Recap. I wanted to break down the Miz TV segment a little bit because I thought that was a just that segment alone had it should be an out. We don't have enough time, but there were about eight different things. I'll talk about like three or four okay. that I just noticed that are just very basic storytelling. It's supposed to be a comedy segment, right? This is comedy, is it? right? The Miz In theory. Okay, so let's go through it. First of all, ball talk again. Not funny. I'm going to say that 
just like Mick Jagger to John Mulaney. Not funny. It is not funny. Anymore cr- or ever. The crowd, that was not a pop you heard. That was exasperation. That was, uh, that was a bunch of parents seeing their kids miss a free throw was what that was. Okay. Did you feel that? I saw a guy turn around and walk out in one of the <laughs> shots. He actually turned and like went, I'm out. Like I would have done the same thing. I would have been like, okay, you know, concession stand, bathroom, car, even whatever, depending on how much I paid for the tickets. There was point. a, there was a, an element of it's so bad. It's funny to it, but barely it was really just bad that they're, right. they're really struggling with comedy though, and comedy. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is that Dominic prison changes a man and to get through it, I did what I have to do. Okay. I'm just going to remind you that ever since Shawshank redemption, that doesn't mean what it used to mean. WWE. So, and then when you get right into ball talk, you lost like a, a lot of people at that point were like, I know it's about a 50 point blowout, but what's going on in this championship game? I wonder, I would love to see the minute by minute for that segment. Cause if anyone's watching it, wow, they must be bored. Cause I just, to me, I was like, okay, let's give it a chance. Uh, no, we're going right back. Well, also just I'm going to pull the speaking as a Latino card. I don't like the Mexican kid having gone to jail. I'm sorry. I just don't. It had to be the Mexican guy. Really? Okay. Well, yeah, it's a good point. And he's not selling. And also there was a line in there too, that it, it felt so written. That was the other thing about all of the show last night. It all felt like very writerly. SNL. Yes. Super writerly. Very reading off a cue card ish. And hey, hats off to everyone that memorized that. Cause that's a lot to memorize. It felt like it was being read off a cue card and just the line where it goes. So <laughs> he goes, so me, me, uh, I got in my cell with my cellmate. Hold up. <laughs> that's called redundant. That's where you go when you look at the run sheet and you say, we're, we're tight. We, that's the first cut you make is you say, to, saying the same thing back to back as a professor, as a head writer, as a producer. I go, I'd circle that and go right here. You're saying the same thing. Got in with my cellmate, period. And then he goes, that might I got have the not t- been the writer's fault. Dominic <sighs> could have delivered it incorrectly. Okay. Well, you, the writer gave it to the delivery man. So then uh, I got the top bunk. Did, did you hear how no one laughed at that line? That's what's called a dud. That means that it serves no purpose telling the story and it's not funny. So you cut that one too. In the read, everyone should have said, not going to play, not going to work. And then he goes, I hear my roommate talking in, I hear my roommate talking about what he's going to do to mess me up. So you know what I did? I came down, I slapped him out of his sleep. Hold up. You just said, you heard him talking about, I'm just saying, in a span of 15 seconds, at any point of this, you could go, hold up, that doesn't work. There's a logic flaw. You went where again? It just, <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for someone to be like, Dominic, is any of this true? I was like, is that where they're going with this? Because it just seemed like, oh, that's, yeah, he, just, that's an interesting. he just kept, con- there were so many contradictions in that story that were supposed to take as truth that then ended on a ball joke. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I was just like, I want to put, take out a red marker and just X out the TV. And go, <laughs> the, the segment? They, had, they had some good stuff. And I was like, you just stomped on the brakes of this episode. 
The God segment damn. went so so badly that Priest had one line and he flubbed it. Yes. <laughs> oh, hey Tom, to his credit, he made it seem like three lines. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I love Damien Priest, <laughs> but I think he was more mad at how bad it was going. Because yep. they're yeah. in the arena. He knew they, they were, had he knew to they were feel how quiet it was in there. Yeah, that's true. Is that when you're bombing on stage, and believe me, we know you do forget you forget your material, all your material dries up like it never existed. And you do start getting frustrated. You start sending the same energy back at the crowd. And I think Priest and Balor had to know they were yeah. bombing their balls off out yep. there. And Miz was starting to look pissed, <laughs> like legit Miz, to, like legit pissed at the whole thing. Just enough. Like, it's just not good. And Julie, it just struck me as the classic. That, that was bully writing right there. That was someone who everyone's afraid to stand up to. And we know it's not Vince bullied their way into, look, I can write comedy. You can't, you don't, it's not good. And I'm real interested to see if one of these other companies buys and really starts going through the writing. So, so not, am I wrong? No, that's not writer's guild writing. Sorry. Am I wrong to feel like last night's episode felt like a Vince episode? Cause it really did. But again, you know, it's like, who's not scared right now? The Vince people. And it seems like they were running the show. Oh, you think there's a little and sandbagging I, maybe? I do, but I also want to point out, because the, the guy most people go to when they say Vince person, yes man, whatever, is Bruce Pritchard. But it, Bruce's podcast, which has been new quite a bit lately, when, which is saying something for a guy who's as busy as he is, Bruce has been very candid on that podcast. And he is talking like a guy that feels like, you know, okay, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe I've had my run, but there are other people there that are not as known to the public. And it felt like a very, look at me, I can be funny. And everyone's just too scared to say, no, this is not funny anymore. Just an interesting just aside. Uh, I listened to uh, the sessions with Renee Paquette and she's, mm -hmm. she talked live uh, in front of a crowd to Brian Danielson mm. and Brian Danielson not only put over the WWE writers, which was awesome. He, he named a few. He worked uh, in creative. Yeah, yeah, he did. So I guess mm -hmm. when uh, there was a COVID scare and so he couldn't be, and it, I, I think, um, I think his wife Bree was about to give birth and they, it was just too dangerous. So he was away for a bit. And so he became part of the creative staff on the recommendation and the request of Bruce Pritchard. Richard. So I thought that yeah. was cool. And he put over Bruce big. Um, but I thought that was both, both of those things were very interesting because Brian Danielson strikes me as such a just wrestlers wrestler. And he was really complimentary to the writers and said, it's a thankless job and a really hard one. Yeah. I'll just say it uh, again, nothing to gain from this. I mean, he was, he was nice to me, but Pritchard catches way more shit than he should. Like, it's just like nowhere near what people think. Everyone think he's a suck up. Yes, man. Julie, maybe you know more than me, but to me, if anything, his role in that office, it felt like Toby from the office. He just seemed like the guy that just always had a goddamn list of a hundred fucking things, a hundred fires to put out at every time. So when your job is just to do that, you don't have time to plot and scheme. Like I know, cause I've been in that position somewhere else. So that's just my impression. I think you're in survival mode all the time at WWE. Um, did you guys see the Alexa segment? Alexa yes. Bliss. 
Yes, yeah, yeah, but it ended strange. Step step backwards, did nothing. There was Except no told, ending, told right? Nothing. No, they had a segment with her on on uh, Raw Talk. Is that what it is? Oh, they did. Yeah, they had on on, and that was decent. But I was like, where was that in the show? Yeah, put that in the show. No, that's a thing I need in the show. If you just had oh. that quick segment, I would have said, oh, got it. Interesting. Why? It's just a web exclusive is wasted that way. People aren't going to go. They're so fatigued after a three hour show. They're not going to go find some amazing Easter egg like at the end of a Mar- I mean, it's longer than a Marvel movie. I don't know. I thought on air didn't tell anything. The, the raw, the exclusive was basically Alexa fighting back and saying, I'm not going to be taking control of. And that was where her anger was coming from. And mm. that was where I wondered if they were going with it. I was wondering if Alexa was going to break loose from the spell or whatever. And we're going to see, oh, she's a decoy. Like she's a red herring, which I think would be, maybe that's where they're going. That's an interesting story, like plot point, but you don't put that as a web exclusive. Like no, I need to that, see that that's in the, the show better story. to bring me back, to bring me back next week to go, oh, there's an, is she, or is, is it going to be someone else? But you don't put that as something that comes out at 1125. I do want to put over what made it to TV. Um, I want to put over Alexa's piece of it because so they put her in a position where she had to monologue. Um, so she was delivering a, a monologue basically uh, from the top of the desk of Corey Graves and Kevin Patrick, uh, which was a nice detail. And I don't think it was great. I thought, again, back to the word writerly, I think it was very writerly. It, it didn't feel like how a human yes. being talks, but Alexa's performance of it, very good. She had a focus that had been kind of lacking for a bit. I thought that the delivery of the promo was great. I thought that the promo was, was pretty mid. And I thought that the introduction of Uncle Howdy into commercial was just a bizarre choice that, that didn't serve any master and didn't push a story along at all. Yeah. Could he use that second segment to say, okay, cool. Like just a little something. Maybe 30, 45 seconds. Yeah. From what you just said about what didn't make it to TV, that was better. Great. It was great. It was one of the best web exclusives I've seen because Alexa killed it. Give it to me. Put it, put it at, you know, 1015, put it at 945, somewhere where it's like a short segment. Vince used to get so mad. People call, he doesn't even like his segments called short. Remember that, Julie? No. Paul, Paul, we would call it shorts in the room, like a short segment to just put a quick two promos back to back or something, you know, in a small part. God damn it. Don't call it a short. Oh. He hated it. Um, then, uh, oh, is turn? Are we being listened to in Stanford again? Because two things I want to point out. I'm going to pat myself on the back up where they have nothing to do with anything other than coincidence. But uh, privately, I said to you guys, Ricochet and Braun Strowman, I thought it would make an interesting tag team. And you guys said what? And I said, yeah, because it's interesting dynamic. You have Wait, the big bef- guys. Before guys. we go further, had you pitched them while you were working there? No, no, no. We all okay. kept trying to find a way to get Ricochet off the ground uh, a writer by the name of ralph i think came the closest to nailing it but um it yeah it's always just been ricochet but i thought that was an interesting thing what if they get together as, i mean it looks like they're doing it now what if ricochet turns and that's the swerve because you think braun's gonna turn on him what if the swerve is that ricochet sells out to somebody and then the story becomes the big the big monster trying to chase ricochet around who who can sell like hell but can't get to him and then all of a sudden, that matches the mindset of this country right now. That's, that's a thing, because as we were talking about, people are becoming heels. 
And that may be something fun to watch is Braun Strowman chase Ricochet around for a couple segments every week. I will say that I don't think they're going to go in that direction because Ricochet is so massively over right now. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Ricochet is the only one has who has survived like the bad booking of the last two or three years. He is mega over right now as a baby face. And I think you keep that going. I think Great Braun could with, turn. Though. Yeah, but you, you know that though. You call that bro. You know that you see it coming. Um, and then one last thing I just want to say before we segue into the other promotion, did WWE make a misstep here and uh, punt on this episode because it was against the national championship game in college football. And to me, as we all saw that game wound up being a blowout. And if you're on TV, I mean, that's just something I think each of us have been taught at some point in our lives. If you're on and the lights are on you and you're being broadcast, they might watch you like you. You got to be ready in case everyone turns over to see if you're putting butts in the seats as wrestling fans say. And it felt to me like WWE went into this episode like, oh, we're against this game. OK, we'll do most of our stuff next week. And then what happened when it was 845 and it was like, oh, fuck this game. Let's all watch Raw. I mean, I saw Conrad Thompson tweet out and I think astutely that, oh, I bet Raw pops a number tonight. Okay, great. But that's not, that can work one way or the other. If you're not ready when the crowd comes to see you, they're not going to come back next week. That was a Pat McAfee, Johnny Hecker special. They punted like crazy last night, and it was so clear. Uh, yeah. It was a really bad show. Um, the other thing, it, start, it started well. As I said, the other thing we talked about extensively last week was Kevin Owens. Yeah. You start the show with Kevin Owens storming the ring. And they did. And I got goosebumps and I went, oh boy. Except the second half of that equation was a fart. Yeah. (laughs) It was an absolute fart. Dude, when I, I mean, nothing against him, but you want to talk what year it is in 2023. Sorry, Tommy Rico. And uh, I hear ding, 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 bah, bah, bah. And it's John Bradshaw Layfield in 2023. I go, oh my God. Also not believable. He'd be watching the football game. Oh, guys, breaking news. Oh, no. Stephanie McMahon has resigned. (gasps) No. All right, let me get let me get this. Do we want to read the statement? Yes. Okay. Dear WWE Universe, about eight months ago, I took a leave of absence and within a few weeks unexpectedly had the opportunity of a lifetime. I had the privilege to return as the co-CEO and chairwoman of the board of WWE. I cannot put into words how proud I am to have led what I consider to be the greatest company in the world, working alongside a remarkable leadership team and one of the strongest executives I have ever known in my co-CEO, Nick Khan. Our founder, Vince McMahon, has returned as executive chair and is leading an exciting process regarding strategic alternatives. And with Nick's leadership and Paul Triple H Levesque as chief content officer, I am confident WWE is in the perfect place to continue to provide unparalleled creative content and drive maximum value for shareholders. WWE is in such a strong position that I have decided to return to my leave and take it one step further with my official resignation. I look forward to cheering on WWE from the other side of the business where I started when I was a little kid as a pure fan. I will always remain dedicated to WWE. I truly love our company, our employees, our superstars, and our fans, and I am grateful to all of our partners. Thank you for everything. Then, now, forever, together, Steph. Well, two things. Holy shit. (laughs) First of all, and I don't disagree, but 
if you thought Mark Calloway had some good neck snaps and looks, I wish everyone could have seen Julie Harrison Harney just then. Because, wow. Even though when I saw Julie, she gave a look up at me that I thought I'd just messed things up. Like, I was like, did I sell the company wrong? (laughs) Secondly, there were some definite uh, fastballs in that polite statement. There was some definite uh, chin music that went through. Wow, guys. Exciting process. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Well, it sure will be exciting. Um, Yeah. Not for the right uh, reasons. I look forward to seeing how this goes and all stuff. Wow. Yeah. You know what? Fucking good for her. Yep. That's Agreed. a good fucking face turn. Yep. Baby right face there. turn. Big time. Oh, you know, it's the damnedest thing. Right when that news broke, the plug fell out of our outline. Usually I tell when the shows are on, they fucking <laughs> fell off the paper. What are you going to do? It's time for AEW and sometimes why. AEW and sometimes why. Well, man, this Tony's great week, which is what we're going to lead with. Week two. <laughs> he may have a new this employee is, soon. Sum, summer of George? No, winter of Tony. Yep, winter of Tony. Winter, winter of, of Tony. Tony. Yeah, let's make that a thing. Hey, Tommy, we know we have some official fans down there as of today, huh? Yeah. Winter of, let's get winter of Tony. Maybe. We know Tony likes winter. is coming. Winter of Tony. I do want to mention, as, as the episode drops... Uh, I will be heading over to AEW at the Forum in Los Angeles. Uh, they announced that their meet and greet so far will be with the tag team champions, the Acclaimed. Uh, no word on whether we're going to attend that as of yet. We're going to see if uh, if there are more superstars to, or I'm sorry, more pro wrestlers pro to be wrestlers. announced. Um, but so with Tony's Good Week, uh, I, I did a deep dive into like non-AEW programming and I listened to a lot of Rene Paquette sessions, including the one with Michael Mansuri, which was fascinating. Now, remind uh, people who, who Michael is. So Michael Mansuri was a WWE employee uh, who was Kevin widely regarded two. as he was widely regarded as the successor, the, the, the named successor to Kevin Dunn um, and where Kevin Dunn was in no danger of leaving. He made a decision to leave WWE right before the pandemic. Uh, And so he is the senior vice president and co-executive producer of All Elite Wrestling. So he is basically Tony Khan's right-hand man, uh, has now taken over the look and style of Dynamite and Rampage, and I think improved it. But his interview with Renee was great. Um, So the the sessions with Renee Paquette, is always very good. She's a terrific interviewer. Yeah. But so they were friends and they, it seems like they were pretty Mm -hmm. close and I've heard nothing but good things about Mansuri. Like he was a guy that was very respected. Well, the things I didn't know at all, because how, how would I, uh, I didn't know that he had a comedy background, that he was an aspiring standup in New York city. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And he ended up getting a job, uh, with, uh, MTV's Spanish language station. Because we should try for him. I'd love to have him on. I absolutely would love to talk to him now because so just he, as a, just to talk about comedy and stuff. And he the had a chance encounter yeah. with John Leguizamo's sister at a bar that he, I think he was working at. And <laughs> so sorry. John Leguizamo's sister yeah. liked his personality and said, Hey, you should be working in TV. So she ended up hooking him up with the people over at the MTV, uh, Spanish language affiliate. And he ended up working for them for a little bit. Um, 
And he was with WWE for a long time. He was instrumental in uh, Renee, then young, now Paquette's uh, talking smack with uh, then Daniel Bryan, now Bryan Danielson. And they grabbed a lot of attention when that show was not meant to, to do anything but really just be there. They, they mm. said that the, the adults were not uh, over overlooking their situation. And that's why they, that's why like the, the legendary segment with uh, Daniel Bryan and the Miz popped off where they, they had very real looking heat with one another. Um, but Mansory is also, uh, I, I don't want to say Latino because I can't confirm, but he is, he said Hispanic. He, he said he, uh, he comes from a big Hispanic family. So for those of you who don't know, Hispanic is a term that usually refers to someone from Spain now. Anyone from Latin America is considered Latino. Uh, so he didn't say Latino, he said Hispanic, so maybe a Spaniard, but at any rate, comes from a large Hispanic family, which I think is fantastic because I have said it ad nauseum, the presentation of Latino wrestlers in pro wrestling has been uh, dated, racist, and awful for way too long. And I think AEW does a much better job with it. And I'm looking forward to seeing that going forward. Uh, we're already seeing AEW breaking stereotypes with guys like Swerve Strickland, where I don't think Swerve would be portraying the type of character he is in AEW. If he was still with WWE, I, I, I don't think that's, Oh God, no, no, there, there's no way they would, as hell, but they're, they're doing interesting things at AEW and stepping outside of that, very dated, very racist box, which I think is fantastic. Um, and it was just cool to hear Renee and Mansuri talk about what, what they did in the past and what they did going forward. But Mansuri did leave under, on his own accord and basically had an open door. He was traveling with Triple H. So he was, and he was really like embedded. Like he was on all, all the shows. He was traveling all over the place and he made a decision to leave and not go back. And then he had an interview, it sounds like, with AEW, where it didn't, it didn't manifest. And then Mansuri seems like a guy who wants to be overqualified for the job that he's taking. And I think one of the things that he expressed that was fascinating in the interview was the reason that he didn't want to be Kevin Dunn's successor was that he didn't feel like he was ready for it because they weren't grooming him for it. It was like, oh, yeah, you're going to be the next guy. And I was like, well, I'm, I don't know how to do that job. There's way more facets to the business that Kevin knows that I don't. I want to learn that. And it seems like they just didn't develop that in him. And I think that so he, he worked overseas uh, with an MMA promotion in Singapore where he lived for a year. And when he came back, he was, they were in talks to bring that promotion to Amazon. And so he came back to the States and then had another meeting with Tony Khan and it seemed like the presentation worked because now he's, he's Tony's right-hand man. And I think a great guy for the job, very, very smart, has a good sense of humor, uh, very humble and a, a fascinating interview. If you get a chance to watch Renee Paquette interview with Michael Mansuri, I highly recommend it, but it's very, it leaves me very encouraged at the future of AEW. Also How shout out to Michael? Renee, oh, who I think is just a phenomenal interviewer. I really she, like her a lot. She may be their best acquisition of the last year. She's fantastic at everything she does and a great interviewer. Yeah. Mansuri, yeah, I, would, I would venture to guess, is somewhere between your age and mine. I would say he's probably late 30s, early 40s. Wow. Yeah. Fucking impressive, man. Yeah. Yeah, I want to meet that dude. That'd be awesome. Uh, their TV, but I mean, even before he came aboard, they're... 
as we've talked about, and this seg- dovetails nicely into our next topic, uh, their timing with some of the backstages, particularly on the Friday night show, which they could elect to punt, but they don't. Uh, it's, it's been impeccable like that. We've talked about with Luigi Primo and Dan Housen, that segment, uh, and Alex Marvez, just fucking fantastic. God damn. Like that was airplane Zucker brothers level Zucker, Abraham Zucker timing. where you are just like, God, how many takes of that dude? live? Like f- we fucking did it. And that was pre-Mansuri by the way. And I know, but I mean, I, like, those are the things that I think that they there. did that, that led him to take the job was that, the fact I mean, that just, they were improving so far and so fast. Every, that was just airtight. I mean, that was literally just like perfect. Just a punt that just land or kick, just a punt. I would say this is, uh, Mr. Sports here. Hi, everybody. Uh, no, that was a punt that landed right on the one yard line. It was like, Oh fuck. That was perfect. But, but it, it is Dan so Housen, bizarre to me though. It's so bizarre to me that the, the Friday night show is seeming to gain traction while the Wednesday night show is falling back in the ratings a bit. And it's so weird because both, I think both shows are great. I don't think there's a, uh, I mean, Rampage where it's an hour long, it's clearly the tighter, faster show, but I think both shows are great. I like that Rampage is doing better. I have no explanation as to why uh, Rampage is not. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Dynamite. And this is a double dovetail now because it further gets us into our next topic. It's a freak show. That's why the Friday night show is doing well. It's like we are just talking about the kid. The adults aren't watching. Crazy shit's going on. It's Sven Look at how well Sven does on MeTV every week. That fucking nails it. It's always in the top five trending. It's because no one, it's just crazy shit going on at a weird time. And speaking of crazy shit going on at weird times and times, a triple dovetail. It's never been done before in the history of segues. Nicely landed. Dan Housen, who's the freak show, and I forget the second one, is in the New York Times, a weird times today. How fucking cool is that? I mean, that's exactly the type of exposure you keep saying that they need. Um, it's a great article. Uh, I haven't read all of it because it, it, I, I started reading it when we were close to recording time, but there was, it's a great FAQ on who Dan Housen is, the, both the person and the character. Um, I, there were things I didn't know, like I didn't know that he was working as a Starbucks barista and he he's like a oh. five five a.m. to one p.m. guy, and then going and setting up the ring and, at these wrestling companies. And I did know about the injury that made him change his character to to Danhausen, uh, you know, where he was he he had a severe neck injury that he thought he was finished, and he was a smaller guy. People were taking liberties, and then he decided to transition to a, a more fun, silly character, and that that was what took off and was pro wrestling T's number one selling superstar. Uh, I'm so happy for the guy. Um, He's just, there's, there's so much to root for there, but again, now they have to use him and inexplicably still don't know why this happened. I know that you both saw this Danhausen cosplayed, which Danhausen is already a cosplay, but Danhausen, the character cosplayed as a morbidly obese Homer Simpson from the episode <laughs> where Homer decides that he doesn't want to work in person. And he wants to work remotely from home, which by the way, way ahead of its time. So yeah. Homer gains a bunch of extra weight so that he can work from home. And Homer then dons a, uh, a scally cap, a white scally cap and a flowered muumuu. And <laughs> for whatever reason, 
Danhausen, on a taping of AEW Dark Elevation, decided to accompany the best friends to the ring dressed as morbidly obese Homer Simpson. Not in a fat suit, just in the muumu and the scally cap. It just it doesn't need explanation. He's a huge Simpsons fan, but man, that was funny. Yeah, that's just unbelievable. Like you would that would not be allowed elsewhere. No. <laughs> Unless it was on Fox, because you know, the that's Boy, where they air I, the Simpsons. I want to see how obscure the references can get with Dan Housen. I want to see if he starts coming on as like Conan characters. I want to see if like what if, if if all of a sudden he shows up as the interrupter. If he shows up as the interrupter next week, they're listening to us. Shout out to the great Brian Stack, uh, the the king of characters. Um, I think we that's a we're almost ready to put a bow on it. We do things different on turnbuckles. We do ladies last, Julie. Anything you'd like to throw down other than most of your furniture right now? Tommy, do you think you're going to see Sasha Banks tonight? I do. Uh, well, I don't really? think I'm going to see Sasha Banks. I think I'm going to see oh, Mercedes Monet. Yeah, Mercedes Monet. Thank you. Thank you. That was terrible of me. Speaking of people who are way ahead of their time with their instincts, Mercedes oh. knew what she was doing. Yeah, she, br- brilliant move. I mean, and, and also move. getting, I, I really think that a lot of people are not highlighting how much she really wanted to work in Japan and how cool that character look was when she came out Her for the hair IWGP. Was I mean, how so did she cool. do that? I've never seen anything like that. That before. was so cool. Yeah, she's yeah. she's gonna be there. I and I Kyrie just, Sane. I got to see Kyrie I know. again. Oh, it was so good. I'm so happy. When that aired was the happiest I've been watching wrestling in a really, really long time. Yeah, it should be a great match. And I I just I think I think the world of Sasha as a talent, I think that what happened to her, quite frankly would not have happened to anyone but a black woman at WWE. I think what they did that was clearly racially tinged. I don't think they valued her at all. Uh, I think that the, the slap in the face on the way out was when they replaced her likeness with the likeness of Tegan Knox on the, and no offense to Tegan Knox, but not comparable. Sorry, not comparable, but that's WWE throwing in their little dig. That's WWE saying, Oh, you're no more important for us than a random white lady we just signed a month ago. That's, that's, that's what we think of you. And that is clearly a shot across the bow. So I, I, I think that I really hope it happens. If it doesn't happen, I will, I will be mildly disappointed. I am a, a formerly Sasha Banks, now Mercedes Monet fan, and I want to see her working in wrestling, uh, particularly at the company that I enjoy most. So uh, fingers crossed. I hope I see her. I still don't know what the Orange Cassidy match is, but Orange, by the way, talk about weird things on Friday nights. I don't think I'd ever thought I'd say this. Kip Sabian is becoming a fascinating heel. And his like, he's doing the Joker character better than Seth Rollins is. The mind games he's playing with Orange Cassidy. John, you wanted to see it. You wanted to see character. And by the way, Mansuri in his interview also talked about how the company AEW has gone so far so fast, but they want to continue evolving it and they want to continue spiraling these characters into different things and different situations. Orange Cassidy pushing a referee and flipping out and getting angry because Kip Sabian's in his head now. That was a really interesting look on last Friday. And uh, I can't wait to see what the Rampage show is going to be tomorrow night because as we know, 
Friday nights are Orange Cassidy's show. And uh, interesting that the ratings are ticking up with Orange as almost always the main event or at least on Rampage every week. So I'm Fingers so excited crossed we get to see him. I'm so excited. So you get Dynamite and Rampage tomorrow. We get Dark, Dynamite, you mean and Rampage. You're gonna and so we still get Tonight. home before Tonight. like midnight. Because yeah. so that Dark is starting at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time because we're on the West Coast. So we actually get to get oh, home yeah. at a reasonable hour at That's the great. end of all three shows. That's great. And, and potentially a meet and greet. If you want to catch it, it airs tonight. I'll give them a plug. That's tonight at eight on TBS, AEW, Dynamite. And if you want to check out the weird show, which I kind of prefer, that airs Friday nights at 10 on TNT. That's it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, review, and give us a nice five-star rating. I was going to say let the writers join the Writers Guild, but hey, uh, maybe AEW joins the Writers Guild. And hey, make sure you tick our talk. We are at Turnbuckles Pod. We're also at Turnbuckles Pod on Instagram, and all our episodes are available. Just sit back and watch on YouTube. And as always, see ya, buckleheads. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.